This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. And welcome in, everyone, to another edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we broadcast to you on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. J. Doc, we've been talking about uh, kind of this moment in time where this is the time that we get a chance to do our uh, union road tour uh, every trip every visit uh, to all of the locals, just really powerful, really meaningful for a guy like me to understand, um, you know, uh, the details behind uh, these incredible unions. And we're on it. We're at a great location today. Super glad to be here. And we'll bring uh, our special guest in in just a moment. Absolutely, Joe. Our union uh, road tour is, is something we love doing every year. Uh, today's particularly special because we have George Pregram, who's the business manager of Plumbers Local 690, but it's also his debut on the show. Um, ironically, we're, uh, this, is a, it, it's, this is like almost George Pegram weekend because he's, right. he's also um, on the Labor and Energy show, uh, which airs from Jersey to D.C. Uh, all weekend long. So uh, certainly great, great to be here, great to be back on, on tour here at uh, and of course, at, at Plumbers Local 690, um, you know, great place. Uh, I was walking past the catered, the catering uh, hall, and it's all set up for an event. And man, it looks fantastic. Yeah, so- and here's the beauty of that. And we'll let George elaborate on that. Here's the beauty of that. I, I went in because I love production and events and everything else. And I'm looking at the uplighting and I'm looking at the design of everything. To uh, to your point, I mentioned it to George, and he said, "Hey, we're redoing that. Yeah, uh, we're redoing that part of the hall. So really, really good stuff. Welcome in everyone to the Labor Show uh, with Jay Doc and Krause. Uh, settle in, and as one uh, great person said one day, get the popcorn. We're going to learn a lot today about plumbers. Local. Absolutely. Uh, George Pegram, welcome to the broadcast, my friend. Well, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Krause. Appreciate it. Nice to be here. Well, it, it, and it's great to, great to have you. And we got a little taste of George um, in his segment on, on the Labor and Energy Show, which, by the way, you, you did a 10-minute segment and you stole the entire show. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, but I'll tell you, so, George, you've been the business manager for a year and a half. And, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, obviously a lot going on, always in labor. Um, but Plumbers Local 690 is uh, one of our uh, fantastic uh, locals in, in, in the city of Philadelphia and beyond. How's it been so far? You know, it's certainly a year and a half. Uh, you know, you, you came in, it's, it's, you know, you got a big scope when you, when you come in, there's a lot going on. How's uh, how's everything going? It's going good, Joe. Um, you know, when I took over, uh, you know, we were in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. And, I, the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to reach out to the members. We hadn't been able to have a union meeting for quite a while. Um, so I took over in November. I think within the first month, I started putting videos out to the members, just me talking, just me letting the members know what we're trying to accomplish, how um, we're not going to sit on our hands and just let this pandemic run us. We're going to be we're going to be aggressive. We're going to still try to get out there and do what we need to do. The union, the union hall was open for business as uh, best we could be. 
like everybody else, we were struck with quite a few um, hits with the pandemic. The office had to shut down. The agents were always in. I was always in, but we had the office um, staff. Sure. It ran through us for a little bit, but we got through that. And listen, it's it's you're still learning. I'm still learning stuff. There's no doubt about it. Every day is a different challenge, but I like challenges. I always have. Um, I believe if you're proactive, you're going to be more successful than being reactive. Absolutely. If you see something coming at you, go attack it. Make it go the way you want it to go. Don't let something get – it's like a fist fight. You get in a fist fight with someone and you let him get in your business, then you're going to take a couple hits. Go to him. That's a, get off you first. Di- you dictate the... Uh, get off first. Make that situation go the way you want it to but go. But it's, it's interesting. You mentioned the pandemic and, and you, you did. You came in in the, in the middle of it. and and uh, But I love the way you... you uh, and, it, this, and this is happening now. Like There's a new normal. But I love the way you, you, you took a situation and you took it to a new level with the communications. Uh, and and engaged everybody because uh, you know at, at during that time personally job wise local wise communications um, you know, the whole world was turned upside down and it, anything that you have uh, you know adapted and uh, and 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 uh, pushed through that you, you would consider part of the new normal in other words uh, you, you 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 enacted the, the, the those communications and. Uh, anything that you think is going to stick around that that you learned um, throughout it in a technological standpoint? Yeah, Joe. Listen, I think technology, we send out more texts now to the members to keep them informed about everything that we're trying to do, whether it's a social event, whether it's an unfortunate death. Sure. Um, that's something that we, we picked up on. I it was, it was actually a retiree. We had our picnic at Hershey who said to me... Um, Hey, George, listen, you know, some of my friends are starting to pass. He said, um, can we get better notification? Because we're not getting notified until afterwards. Sure. And one of the first things we did just to keep the members in touch with each other, because we're a family. We, you know, our guys have known each other, the retirees, most of them have known each other 40, 50 years. Yeah. So what we do now is as soon as we get an unfortunate death notice, we send a text out to, all, to all, every member, yeah. letting them know, unfortunately, you know, somebody passed away. We believe that an informed member is your best member. A union is only as strong as its members. And any leader that union leader tells you different right. is blowing sunshine up his own rear because that's not true. The members run the local. And if you have a good membership crew, you're going to be successful. You can be successful. You need a good leader, but you got to have great members. And my members, and I'm not just saying this because they're my members, they're engaged. They're doing, they're, they want to be involved. I put an initiative out. Um, one of the things I wanted to accomplish early was prevailing rate work. And that comes from the townships. That comes from the state. Sure. We were missing a lot of it because we were chasing it. We didn't know about it until when I was an agent. You didn't hear about the jobs until there was almost a shovel on the ground. Right. These jobs are all notified at your school board meetings. They're all notified at your um, civic association meetings. I asked my members to get involved in their communities, not just coaching baseball and softball. And they all do that now. But I asked them to go to these meetings, go to the zoning meetings. That's another great area where you find information at. Oh, yeah. Our, our members are now going to these meetings. And when these zoning board people and these school board members see that you have 15 members that live in their district and you're sitting there and you got your plumber's union shirt on and you're taking notes, they take notes. They see there. They're the people that vote you in. And these politicians and school board members are starting to see that. We're doing good with getting some um, responsible contract language out there because of this. 
because we're engaging in the community politics, not just the community. Our guys and girls have always coached the baseball and softball and hockey. I mean, I did it. Most of my members, if you have kids, our guys get involved. It's better to get involved in the political part, let them know you're there, because now once we see these jobs coming, it falls right back to you see it coming at you, you can address it. If you wait for the job to start, you're chasing it. Yeah, and it's interesting because having that uh, knowledge that there's there's uh, labor union members, obviously members of Plumbers Local 690 in the community, it also uh, it provides for an opportunity of a good dialogue. That, you, know, it, 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 you know, in other words, you're right. Finding out about these jobs last minute doesn't do anybody any good no it's already too late they've been bid you know and now you're and you're chasing it once you're chasing something it's 10 times harder to get it to go the way you want it to go you know and 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 having said that as an agent you're on the front lines you're on the front lines uh with the communities with the different townships and trying to uh you know put a face to a, a member of a union and the fact of the matter is is that uh, when you go and you're pitching, when your team is pitching, listen, we don't only want to have, you know, get the opportunity at the job, but here's why. This is who we are, and this is the this is what we bring to the table. You have that dialogue, those relationships are create, created. It's, it's got to be an added benefit. Listen, yeah, in my neighborhood, I have an electrician, a union electrician lives right next door to me. Two houses down is one of is a plumber, lives two down, two doors down. The guy right behind me is a union guy. Once you let these politicians and board members know that we're their community, exactly. you know, there's, I, I read a book. Your constituents. Yes. I read a book. There was a study done on project labor agreements, and that's our Bible. We get a project labor agreement. We're happy. Right. There was, a, there was an area in the country where there was a study done. There was a project labor agreement in, in an area and an, an equivalent area. They did it open merit, meaning right to work. Right. The job that was, it was a $50 million job on the project labor agreement. And that bid was at $50 million. The equivalent to that job when the open shot was $45 million. Right. So they went with the other community went with the $45 million. Well, when you break that down, oh, it's $5 million, we're going to save the community. Within 10 years, the study showed that the $45 million job made $25 more million for that community because all the contractors were local contractors. All the contractors, the tax base was up because they paid more in city wage and county wage. The money that was made there was spent there, went right back into the community. If you want to be short-sighted, these politicians want to be short-sighted and say, we're going to save a couple million dollars by doing this with an open shop, open merit, however you want to call it that. Go ahead. You're going to save that initial money, but you're costing your taxpayers money in the long run. Within five years, that was $25 million. And that was a study that was done by Yale and Harvard. It was an exclusive study. It wasn't a union study. It was an independent study. That's a blueprint for success. Your tax base goes up. My members are the ones paying the tax base in, in, in the communities. Why would you want to cut their salary and cut your own throat and cut, the, and cut your taxes down and bring in out-of-town people to come in and do the work where they're going to come in here, make the money, and then take the money yeah. back somewhere else and spend it there? It doesn't make sense. Absolutely. It's the Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause. We're on top of a break. George, quickly, before we go to the break, just for clarity, um, you made a statement about responsible contract language. What does that mean, just for clarity? What does that mean? That means that the con- if a municipality, is, if they're doing a school, uh, um, the, municip- the municipality can put language in there saying any contractor that does that, they have to show that they have a business privilege tax. They have to show that they're a part of a certified apprenticeship program. 
they have to show that they don't have any jobs in their past that they started and didn't complete or was overrun where the cost came in was was more than the initial bid, which is a big deal because a lot of these contracts in the, in the prevailing rate world, um, they come in with a low number, but then they hit you with so many extras. By the end of the job, it was twice as much as the initial bid. So that's these, this responsible contract language protects people, protects the community, and it's supposed to give it a, a level more level playing field, but they cheat. And the, the bottom line is, if you're not going to have enforcement from the municipality or the state, there's no reason to even have that. That's a whole other issue. Um, enforcement is big. You know, we've done it in in the past. We've shown con- we've had <laughs> we have pictures and documents of of workers going in, getting their paycheck on a Thursday, and going back into the office on Friday with cash giving it back to his employer because that was the deal. He would pay him the prevailing rate, but then he'd have to cash his check and go take it in there. We have it on video. That's amazing. And when you take it to the... There's a lap there somewhere, whether somebody knows somebody or somebody just doesn't want to do their job, it falls on deaf ears. We need enforcement, and that's where the state and the politicians come in. We need a politician, and hopefully Josh Shapiro is that guy. He's done pretty good stuff so far um, with a big contractor out in the middle of the state. You need enforcement. There's good language out there, but if it's not enforced, it's not worth the paper it's written on. The Labor Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. Today's program has been pre-recorded. And back here on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause as we roll along here, hour number one on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. You know, J-Doc, you mentioned in the opening segment, uh, this is like George's weekend uh, across the platform. Speaking of the Labor and Energy Show, right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, tomorrow night, Sunday night, 6 p.m. Good show. George finishes it up for us. Oh, yeah. Well, we got uh, Dave Callahan who's the president of the Marcellus Shale Coalition, Jimmy Snell, Steamfitters Local 420, and, of course, George Pegram, who took it, took it home like there was no tomorrow. I, 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 I equate it to a mic drop. We were all sitting in the room in Georgia. Before, you, you know, obviously, um, up, up, up at Marcellus Shale, you don't, you, you don't have a lot of members in, in that particular. So George says to me, uh, you know, listen, we're you're passionate about that work and all, but it's not our bread and butter. Um, you know, so when I get on, I'm going to give some opinions and do that, but you know, it's not really, I'm like, okay, he came on, stole the show in 10 minutes. Your sentiments were unbelievable. I can't wait for people to hear that, that segment. So there was at least that I've got to be very candid and very honest. But it'll be the first time. Well, yeah, yeah, I, this is, I'm not It'll looking be the first time. There Jesus. was at Hold least one short moment in the Q and a with George that I said to myself... I'd rather have George than J-Doc. I know exactly... Boy, he'd make a great co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, whoa, if he wants to get into radio, I'll be out of a job quickly. Well, they say I got a face for radio, so yeah. there you go. That's why the three of us... Yeah, no doubt. Here, brother. <laughs> uh, George, you, you, you touched on your members, and I like to, you know, why union... Our listeners, a lot of them are, are union members and all that, but like Joe Krause says, we're not always preaching to the choir. So our listeners on this station, um, you know, some of them, they don't like us. They, you know, they want to know more about us, you know, so that they can criticize us. 
I like to talk about why union and who our members are. Uh, and, and, and so if I was to come up to you and say, listen, you know, and you already, you already made a, a great point on, on, on the 45 and $50 million um, project, but uh, why, why union? Here we are at, at, at a council. I'm one of the people up on the, uh, on, on the board there. Tell me why union. Well, the, first off, the product you're going to get is in the building trades world is 10 times better than any product you're not. And the community aspect of it, you know, I referred to it in the last segment of, you know, we're your neighbor. You know, people can look at you. You hear union. You hear, you see a guy walk around with a union shirt. It's sometimes it's like being a biker. You know, you see your neighbor may see you with a union, you know, consider you a union goon, say. Or have that um, a theory of you, right? Or, right, right. But then once they get to know you, and they see you. You're out there doing your work with the same with the guy that's pushing a pencil right next to you. Right. They see the value that you have for what you do. They see you get up and go to work every morning. They see you come home tired and beat up every day. They get to appreciate the the value of what you do. That's right. And I was just going to say, that touching on your members, um, yes, uh, you know, who are they? Uh, you know, they're, they're members of the community that people probably, like, their impressions of union if they didn't know. Like, we all get the thug stuff, right? And, and how they see the union rat, and that's how we're defined. They don't realize that that union rat is, is, a, is signifying that there are people being taken advantage of in that building. It's not always pretty. But let's talk about this, your members and the skilled part of it and what they do. You, you have a large scope of work. Obviously, we can't get into all of it. But talk about uh, how well-trained they are and what... What scope of work the Plumbers Local 690 does? Because it's impressive. Well, we have a slogan um, that, you know, it's been said, Ben Franklin coined the phrase that the plumber protects the health of the nation. And we do. We take what we do very seriously. I mean, drinking water is should be very high on anybody's priority. We go through a five-year apprenticeship to make sure that people know how to install the proper product. They're, they're, we don't just install pipe. We don't just install um, things that... Somebody hands it to us and says, put this in. Our guys are licensed plumbers. If something doesn't meet meet the code, our guys don't put it in. You could have a crappy developer out there that says, we're just going to do it this way because that's what we want to do. Our guys won't do it. Our guys are going to say, it doesn't meet code. We're not installing it that way. You know, Legionnaires was traced back to a cross connection where people were drinking unsanitary water. You know? That was the Bellevue Stratford. That was the Bellevue Stratford, and it was a renovation done in there by an unscrupulous contractor who made some cross connections, people were drinking unsanit- unsan- unpotable water. That's what we do. We take the we take what we do so seriously. It's a five year apprenticeship. You know, the kids or myself, everybody that goes through the program takes a day off every two weeks. Every two weeks, they come up and go to school for eight hours. They learn the trade. It's not a trade that you can just show up on Monday and be a plumber. It takes time to be a good plumber. It takes you. Listen, we're out working, whether it's 20 feet deep or 50 stories up, whether it's eight degrees out or whether it's 98 degrees out. Our guys are out there trying to make sure that people have a, a good quality of life, whether they're doing um, residential or doing um, um, at Merck Sharp and Dome or something, something like that. It's important work that we do. George, why does the public miss the point? I don't get it. I think it's money, Joe. I think some of it is envy. I think when you're ta- when you're dealing with a um, a union contractor, and that's the other thing that I wanted to touch on too, is there's a concept that the goon part. You know, we negotiate with union contractors who willingly 
pay us what we earn. We don't take a dime from the state. We don't take a dime from the federal government. We negotiate a contract with our contractors. They're all good human beings. They're, they want to pay the. They want to pay a fair day's wage. Sometimes negotiations get get touchy. You know, if we think we're worth more than they think we are, but we settle in the middle of every single time. You, the, the American worker has a right to a voice, and if you don't have a voice, you're going to be stepped on. Well, and it's interesting because you know we get blamed for a lot of stuff. There's 11 percent union. Uh, you know, at, at the top side right now, okay, and and everything is our fault, right? At the end of the day, uh, the cost. You know, we're the voice of the of of, of the middle class. And but my, and my and, point, though, J Doc, to, to to piggyback off where, where I, I think, I think the going, other side. How do we the other side? How do we get? How do we get past that? Well, I, I'm, I'm tired of hearing it. The, how do we get past that? Look, when can people start to realize the value that a union well, provides? You know, it's interesting because you know Sam Pond always says talks about right to work. And, and, and how the PR battle is, is, is being won by the other side. Anybody would, and, and listen, whoever doesn't, never, never heard the term right to work, you would think it would be a yeah, good you, term, you right? Would, yeah, you would think right? it's everybody has a right to go. Paycheck protection, like it's, you know, like it's, it's all good stuff. It's, listen, those are deceptive terms created by a, a, a greedy corporate right that, you know, loves to put the union and working person down. And you know what I find amazing about that? You know, George, when you look at these massive corporations, okay, I mean, let's, I mean, McDonald's, obviously, uh, you know, Walmart and all these, these are people, yes, they employ a lot of people. A large portion of them still have to be on public welfare in order to work there. Those people are not being paid, uh, paid a, a fair wage. They're not being, uh, often being paid benefits. Um, and, and so what do unions do? We represent working people. We, 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 we are the voice of working people, working standards, uh, fair wages, and a partnership with our contractors. But people don't like us because, uh, you know, they, they, they hear really savvy uh, PR campaigns from right-wing politicians and right-wing, obviously, corporate entities that want to continue the corporate greed, and they're the only ones making money, not the people. And so, George, you make a point when you, when you sit there and you say, well, maybe it's the money. Let me tell you something. You know, we make a fair living and a, and a fair wage, and we have rep- representation, and that ticks off the, the other side. Now listen, we got to get, me- get the message out better. I believe in the grassroots effort of it. I believe yep. in I believe in what we're doing here at 690 is starting to work. We're starting to see some fruit from the you know from the hard work by going to the council meeting, educating. Ed- some of these board members just need to be educated. They see they need to see the value. Yeah, I wouldn't mind to see a step up and do a, a major marketing campaign. I really wouldn't. But I think in the meantime, it needs to start where we're starting. It needs to go grassroots and it needs to grow. Like that, you 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 made a great point about the apprenticeship, and 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 that is in a lot of ways where where it all happens. You know, when 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 a contractor calls the union hall here at local six ninety, and and it's let's say it's a big job, and there's a lot on the line. Okay, you got a lot of quality certified plumbers, licensed plumbers, but one on a crucial job, an individual gets sick. Okay, we have an apprenticeship. Uh, you said five years. We'll talk about that education. But you can get another qualified man just by calling the hall, who, somebody who's well-trained. Our apprenticeship gives us those advantages. Sure, it does. Listen, you know, you, the contractor, believe it or not, you need to have a few guys on your out-of-work bench. It's, that sounds horrible. If you're one of them guys, you don't want to hear it. 
but you need to have a few guys. You know, right now we have too many, but you need to have a few guys so that when a contractor calls for a, an individual, you have a qualified person to send them. That's one of our biggest selling points when we're organizing a contractor is, listen, you no longer got to go to half of these guys go down to Kensington Avenue and grab a guy off the street who's wearing sneakers and shorts. That's or outside the, that's of the, Home Depot or that's, something That's the reality of it. There's, no, there's not a lot of quality plumbers out there. Our biggest selling point was when we're try- when we're trying to organize is listen. Your hiring practices are over now. You're a phone call away from getting a quality plumber, a plumber who served an apprenticeship, a plumber who you know is going to show up all day every day and give you eight hours work for eight hours. Talk pay. about the curriculum at this school and and the education that that, that apprentices get. And by the way, who pays for it? Um, well, let's start with the, the pay. The pay is um, we pay for it. Every member that works every hour. Is no gubs, government subsidy. No, we don't get a subsidy from anybody. And let's touch on that for one more. Let me expand on that for a second, Joe. We're, we're talking about the union movement. I look at it almost like there's two movements. There's the building trades union movement and then the municipality workers union. Why we care deeply about the municipality workers union, we're different in a way. They depend on the tax base. They depend on taxpayers to pay them. And I think that's a big striking point for the politicians. They tie us all together. Sure. They, try to, they try to make it sound like the plumbers union is raping taxes off of the, work, off of the municipalities, and we're going to raise your taxes if you use union. We don't take a dime from the state for our apprenticeship. We don't take a dime from the state for our pension. We don't take a dime from the state for our health and welfare. We fund that all on our own. If the, when we negotiate a contract, if our pension needs needs to be adjusted, we take it out of the pay. Our members willingly take money out of their hourly wage, put it in their pension so that that gets back into the green zone, which our pension is in good shape. Same for the health and welfare. Health and welfare goes up every year. We negotiate a raise with our contractors. Once we negotiate that, if we need to take part of that raise and put it into our health and welfare to make sure our members have health coverage, we do that. With no subsidies, and that's the same thing with our apprenticeship. We don't get no money from anybody to train our members. Our members, and at the best, the beauty of it is, once you're out of your apprenticeship, you can still upgrade. We teach journeyman upgrade. We have certifications. You can come back to school anytime you want to learn how to weld, do whatever you want to do. We 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 encourage that. We encourage our journeymen to come back and stay current because the industry's changing every day. I preach that at every union meeting. Guys, get come back up here and get certified. Medical gas, welding, um, backflow uh, certifications. Get every tool in the bucket because that's what we do. That's the advantage we have over the non-union is that we have more tools in our bucket. We have more education there. It's interesting, Joe, Joe Krause, because you and I talked on the Labor and Energy Show to some of these um, you know, uh, energy executives and, and uh, some of the experts, and they talk about you know, obviously, and a lot of it is we, you know, we can do things safer and, and, and more environmentally friendly. We have, we have standards here and over in China and all those areas there where there's a lot of slave labor. They can't compete with us in our workforce. They just can't do it. And so there's a whole slew of other issues there. But the point is, when, when you have a workforce that, you, that is, in a sense, educating itself you know, we 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 uh, pay for it out of our union, uh, our, our pay, our union members pay. Uh, it's such a big deal. Before we roll, we got about you know the, the privileges of, of of working for a union. And you know anybody out there, you know you you, you I remember you know nine union jobs having conversations where the, the the thought process was you fall and get hurt as an iron worker, and because we would always talk about because guys used to work nine union, they got organized. You fall, you're fired when you hit the ground. 
Okay, the representation. Talk about the benefits of being in a union from from a standpoint of representation. What our members get every day when they come, and that they willingly pay for and work hard for. Well, the first thing I believe is safety. You know, if any one of our members feels as though they're being told to do something unsafe, yep. they either go right to the steward. If there's not a steward on a the job, they call the union hall, and the agent gets out there immediately. You can't put a price on safety because too many. Listen, you look and read the paper every day. Listen to the news. Always somebody getting buried in a ditch in the city of Philadelphia, building collapsing because them people aren't trained to do what we what you got, we do. You got something to say? You're fired. You don't yeah, like you it? You can't. Too bad. Right? Who are you going to complain to? You who are you going to? You're going to say to the owner. The owner's going to say, "I'll go to Home Depot tomorrow and get another guy to replace you." Right? We don't allow that. If somebody's do, if somebody's asked to do something unsafe, they make the phone call. We're out there that day to um, to rectify the situation. When it comes to benefits, you know, you can't beat the benefits that a union provides you. Bargaining. Your, your family benefits from that, not just the individual, your whole family benefits from being in a union. You know, everybody, I use everything that my family has is from Local 690, and they know it. Everything most families have that are a member here are from the union because we provide the best education to, te- to get you to be uh, able to work, and if you're able to work, you're going to have the best benefits out there. So that's, you know, to me, the benefits are what drives uh, any good union. No question about it. This is The Labor Show with Jadock and Krause. It's our road tour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Back in a moment. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. Today's program has been pre-recorded. And back here on the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. It's our road tour and our final uh, segment, J. Doc, here on uh, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just asked you, I whispered to you, is this the final segment? It, 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 it's flying by. Um, what, are, are we at the final segment in this show? See, let me just say something. <laughs> you, you know, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned something, George, and, it, and, it, and it, oh, yeah. Legionnaire's disease, okay? That was decades and decades ago, okay? But that was in Krause's prime. So it was a little slow, right? <laughs> having said that... There's a shot over the bow, Krause, right there. <laughs> what he's used to. So, so, but having said that, um, so I thought maybe I'm the one, uh, you, you know, losing it. But the point I'm making is... Move on, J-Doc, move yeah, on. Politics in the union community, okay? We just had a primary, okay? Lots going on. A lot, okay? a lot going on in the polit- political it, it, world. Right. So we got a governor's... Um, we got a governor's election in, 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 in the fall. And, uh, you know, it's, it's our life's blood and all those things. Talk about your impressions of what just happened. And then let's talk about what needs to be done in the fall and what's on the line. Well, um, in some of our surrounding counties, we actually did pretty good as far as who we endorsed. Um, I am, I'm afraid because when you leave, you know, it's was a cancel. Pennsylvania or, yeah. you know, Pennsylvania. Yeah, right. When you leave our surrounding area. Uh, listen, it's been too polarized for me. It's You're either far right or far left now. Neither one of them are really good for the local, to be quite honest with you. Some of these elections that are coming up in November is going to be just electing the lesser of the two evils. Right. Some of the far left will say they're for union, but they may not be for union, for plumbers union. They may not be for the building trade union because we develop things. This far left sometimes 
I don't want to insult anybody, but the, they get too environmental. They, they believe that every time you build a building, you're destroying the earth, and that's just not the truth. I mean, we, we do it. We do it right. We protect the surrounding area for the building. You need to grow. If you don't grow, you shrink and die. That's just a fact. That, name me one institution in the world who hasn't, whose numbers have went down over the last 100 years and are still in business. They're not. You have to grow. If you don't grow, you shrink and die. You need to develop. Everything needs to develop. Well, you know, Joe, it, it reminds me of the the day after you know Trump won, and we we had several labor leaders. And the labor show used to be on a we, uh, on a Wednesday, so the elections Tuesday, and we could and, and and our guests were just devastated. We at that point got on the horn, Rick Blumendale, Pat Iding, um, and a number of other individuals, uh, all of our leaders. Okay. And one of the first things Blumendale said, I think Frank Snyder was on that show, and I'll never forget it, Labor's not a political party. Yes, we, we always lean Democrat because Democrats, uh, you know, there's, there's an affinity here. But the fact of the matter is, is that we can't do everything from one side of the... No, nah, them, day, them days are over. Listen, that was my father's time, to be quite honest yeah. with you. Um, in fact, we endorsed some Republicans, and I got a phone call. Yo, what are you doing? Yeah. I said, listen, them, them days have to be over. By We're the not- way, that was my dad also. Uh, Same yep. exact uh, Listen, you know, you can't, the days of being a strict Democrat are over. I hate to say it, but they are. I mean, there's some Democrats that just aren't with us. There's some Republicans who are. I'm tired of playing defense, I can tell you that. You know, we elect people, we give them our money, we expect them to defend us, but the only thing we hear is, oh, well, this guy wants to come at you with a right-to-work state or do away with prevailing rage. We're going to fight that off. Well, you should fight that off, but you should also be promoting some project labor agreements that we're pushing. I did a little backdoor move not long ago. I had a couple of Republicans come in to see me, and I'm not going to name them, um, but they came in to, to tell me how good building trades unions, union guys they were, how they're for us. Well, after they left, I called a lobbyist and I said, I want you to start putting out some misclassification language through the state and I want to run it. And I want to run it and I want to see who's going to be on it and who's not. I said, I don't want some straw survey. I want this on. I want this moving. And the well, lobbyist. I, 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 just tell the people what uh, misclassification language. Uh, misclassification is when uh, if, if uh, an unscrupulous contractor gets a job and there's, and there's um, prevailing wages on it. He'll hire a guy, call him a plumber for one hour, and then say he's doing a, doing laboring for seven hours or another trade to save money. My contractors, and that's the other thing. When my contractor gets a job on prevailing rate, the state can walk away from that and never look back because we don't allow that. When you know, I can't. I've never in my forty years have had a guy come in and say. Um, George, they docked or they paid me as a laborer for, or a painter or whatever the case is. Right. I'm not putting anybody down, but they, I did plumbing for eight hours, but they only paid me as a plumber for one. Right. It doesn't happen. No other union would allow that. No. So the state can walk away from that right off the bat and say, all right, this job's union. It's good. Everybody's going to get paid the right wages. So you told them that to, to, to put out. I wanted language. New Jersey has great misclassification language. Their language states that. The first day on that job, if you're uh, as a plumber on that job, every day you come back there, you're a plumber. You can't be a plumber one day and another trade the next day. You're a licensed plumber. You should be paid for as a plumber. While the politicians who came in and swore up and down that they were building trades friendly and you know had my back, first two that and I told the lobbyists who to run it to. I said, run it to them and see if they'll they'll run it. First two he went to said, oh, we can't do that. 
<laughs> I said, well, you make sure you let them know not to be stepping in the hall in, into the plumber's union hall again because they're no longer a friend of mine. Well, and, and the lip it's my service. Biggest, it's my biggest frustration as I sit here. It's my biggest frustration because I watch from outside the shell of the wall and I watch political leaders rely on the unions and their members for support. And then when the issue surfaces where the question is reciprocal, it's it's cricket. And, and the, it and only, I don't understand it, George. It, well, they, what they don't understand is that it's not my money. It's my members' money. Right. And I ain't going to give a dime of that to somebody that's not going to have the, my members back. Listen, it's very easy to come and sit in with anybody and say, you're going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. Well, you got to make them, you got to prove it to me right, now right. because Put I'm not money. giving money. We're not giving money to anybody who's not going to do the right thing by us 100% of the time. I can find anybody to do it right half the time. I could run Joe Blow out there and get half the time. I need somebody that's going to run. And I keep saying go on offense. I'm tired of having politicians tell me we're going to fight this off. Well, I expect you to fight that off, but I expect you to promote some good union language out there too. And we're trying to get that done. But as polarized as it is, that's getting harder and harder because it's always going to be, it seems like we're in a cycle now since the Trump administration that it's either going to, you're either far right or far left. The middle guys are losing both sides. I mean, there's some good Republicans out there who, you know, they're losing to the far right. And and having said that, you know, our union members at the importance of uh, not them being educated and understanding our agenda, our political agenda, the ones uh, uh, from our individual locals. Like if I'm a member of, of, of Local 690, okay, um, talk about the importance, and, and, and any other union also, of, of the members being educated, understanding what's on the line and who, and the reasons uh, we're supporting those who we're supporting, and really understanding the issues. Well, you know, Joe, it's, it all comes back to, I made this statement when I first took over, is that I will never talk about a social issue on the floor of the union meeting. Right. I'm never going to tell a person how to vote based on social issues. When we back a candidate, it is strictly based on what we think is best for the local union work, what's going to put more food on the table. I was always brought up to believe as long as I had a job, I could take care of them social issues on my own. I didn't need a politician to tell me how to feel about a certain thing. I knew how to how to feel about it, and I knew how to act on it. You know, I didn't need a politician to tell me that. It's my job and our political action committee and our agents and all the officers to to educate the members just enough to know what is important to them as far as work-wise. I'm not going to ever tell them how to feel about certain social issues. That's not my job. My job is to inform them on some of the work issues that we think is going to put our guys to work. And I'll do the presidential real quick is, you know, Biden has done more for unions than any president in my lifetime. And I mean any of them, Clinton, Obama, more than any of them. Just look at the, the bailout he gave the uh, Teamsters unions and all the um, unions whose pension were in trouble. With the, you know that was a no other president would ever do that. He got the infrastructure deal done. The six ninety is going to benefit so much on that. We're getting one point three billion dollars in school in school work in the city alone. There's three jobs already getting ready to get bidded. The bid's going to do next week. Them jobs are going to start within, I don't know, probably two months from now. Three new, brand new schools. The townships are getting over a billion dollars in schoolwork. 
That doesn't happen if you don't have the right president in there. He reached across the aisle, got the infrastructure deal done. He has attached project labor agreements to the infrastructure. I was fortunate enough to meet Vice President Kamala Harris and, and um, Secretary of Labor Walsh down at the Sheet Metal Workers Hall. And they asked me if, any concerns I had with it. And I said, the only concern I have is when you give SEPTA money or if you give another, um, uh, the Water Department's money, and you put a threshold on that project labor agreement. Say you put a threshold of a $30 million. Any $30 million job and up has to be a project labor agreement. I said, that's great. But what they're doing is you give them a $30 million job, they're breaking that number down into three $10 million jobs and trying to do away with the prevailing rate or trying to do away with the PLA. Yeah. you got to close that gap. And they're doing that. There, there's language out there now that whatever entity gets it, that no matter how they want to break it up, they got to use a project labor agreement. This administration, I got to give them credit, has, they're not afraid to say union. There, there, there has never been more sentiment, pro-union sentiment, Joe Krause and, and George Pegram, that, than, than, than right now. I mean, it's a fantastic thing. Uh, you know, union is no longer a, a bad word. Mm -hmm. and, and the general public, as, as all the organizing efforts, not just in, 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 in um, the building trades, but across with Starbucks and a lot of... Yeah, the, the, the gentleman that just organized Amazon, the wall Amazon up in, was it, Rhode Island or Connecticut? I, I mean, that, that's a hell of a thing to, to accomplish. Absolutely. The and, sentiment, I believe, listen, with every gray cloud, there's a silver lining, and I believe that. I believe that you you got to look at the positives of things. I'm not saying you stick your head in the sand and ignore the bad, but when there's something positive coming, you jump on it and you ride it until it doesn't work no more. George, we got about a minute and a half left. Um, we got a big governor's uh, election coming up. We got speaking of right wing, uh, Mastriano. Oh, yeah, you know he is. just represents uh, the far right. What do we got to do as a union community? Josh Shapiro is, is uh, you know, we're supporting him. He's supporting us. Um, what, what do we got to do? We got to get out to vote. I mean, listen, this is going to be who gets the vote out. I mean, the numbers are very close when it comes to Republicans and Democrats in the state of Pennsylvania. It's going to come down to who gets out and votes, and it's going to be up to the labor leaders to make sure their members are educated enough to go out and vote for the right issues. Because Mastriano is going to cloud the issues. If you're for Donald Trump, he's going to try to get you to say, a vote for me is a vote for Donald Trump. And, and, and Listen, you can either vote for your guns and your whatever you want to vote, or you can vote for somebody who's going, to, who's going to keep you working. Because guess what? I guarantee you, if Mastriano gets in there, the first agenda is going to be he's going to strip or make this a right-to-work state, and we're going to be like Alabama or Mississippi, where anybody can come in and do your work at any time and make a third of the money you do, and then you're going to be sitting there wondering what happened to you because I didn't go out and vote. It's This is probably the most important governor's race in my lifetime. I mean, we say that at every one, but if, just look at the size here. You look how far right this guy is, and you look at Shapiro. Shapiro's already done some of the things he said he's going to do. He's went after some contractors who cheated on the prevailing rate, and he's fined them and put them out of business. So he's done some of the things he's promised to continue to do, and you have this guy who will come right in here and strip us, strip us of everything we have. Any gains we've made in the state will be gone within the first year of his administration. I guarantee you that. Absolutely. George, um, this has been an incredibly fast hour. Uh, let me say this, Joe Krause, that the union movement here in, in, in the Philadelphia, Delaware Valley is in good hands with labor mm -hmm. leaders like George Pegram. Um, George, uh, listen, it, it's been a pleasure. Uh, and, and, and keep doing the job that you're doing uh, because your voice is, is 
uh, one that should be at the forefront in this labor community in, in, in Philadelphia and, and in Pennsylvania. And uh, keep doing what you're doing for your members. Oh, listen, thank you, Joe. And thank you, Joe. And again, I couldn't do it without my members. It's my members that give me the, it's a privilege to serve them. It really is. And, and you've got a great team here. I do. I listen to my officers are great. My agents are great. I got the, like I said to Joe earlier, Tom McNulty, our administrators, but the best in the business. So that takes a lot off of my plate. Boy, I wish I had George at the negotiation table when I sat down with you because somehow your name ended up in the ahead of mine in the title of the show. <laughs> well, that, let me just say something about that, Krause. <laughs> had you had George there, the name of the show would be The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for hour number one of The Labor Show with Krause and J. Doc on location just for today. Um, George, great stuff today. Well done. Um, our uh, road tour. Uh, continues. And again, don't forget, tomorrow night, 6 p.m., here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, it's the Labor and Energy Show. Yours truly, George Pegram, will join us on the Labor and Energy Show tomorrow. Stick around. Hour number two, coming up. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program has been pre recorded.